Morning America, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jonah. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land where you're coming from, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. Well, Jonah, on to a busy sporting weekend, and we'll start with football. And it was match week 10 in the English Premier League, headlined by Arsenal versus Liverpool. And Arsenal claimed all three points as they ran out 3-2 victors to continue Liverpool's early season struggles. While Manchester City continued their dominant start to the year with a 4-0 win over Southampton. Chelsea had a good 3-0 win over struggling Wolverhampton. While Tottenham defeated Brighton 1-0. And Manchester United recorded a tough 2-1 win over Everton. A highlight by Cristiano Ronaldo scoring his 700th career club goal, Jono. Quite an amazing record. And uh, obviously Manchester City continuing their good form. But Arsenal staying top. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the big thing is it really shows that, they, that they're here to contend. Um, I mean, we know Liverpool has really struggled this year so far, but they're still a great side. They still have fantastic players. And to go up against Arsenal and, and lose that game, I think that shows a lot credit to Arsenal. Um, and just what they've been doing as well, I think they've been fantastic. And I think, for me, the biggest impact this season so far has to be Gabriel Jesus as well. How he's been playing consistently throughout this year has really lifted this team. So I think even when he is on the pitch, when he maybe steps off or not playing to his game as well, it just shows that he's really been able to lift this young squad and bring them up to where they are right now. I thought Gabriel Martinelli was also very impressive for Arsenal. And uh, credit to that that team, they're really showing a lot of resolve this year. And uh, and uh, maybe they are real title contenders to Manchester City. Well, football, Jono, in Italy, AC Milan versus Juventus headlined the round, with Milan getting up 2-0, while Inter Milan recorded a tough 2-1 win over Swassolo, while surprise package Udinese drew 2-2 with Atalanta, and Napoli crushed Cremonese 4-1 to continue their great form. In Spain, Real Madrid recorded a 1-0 win over Getafe, while Atletico Madrid defeated Girona 2-1, and Barcelona scraped past Celta Vigo 1-0 ahead of this weekend's Clasico against Real Madrid. Borussia Dortmund versus Bayern Munich headlined the action in Germany as Der Klassiker ended 2-2 after a dramatic injury time equaliser for Dortmund. While Xavi Alonso's reign got off to a positive start with Bayer Leverkusen as they beat Schalke 4-0. The top two teams in France both dropped points as PSG drew 0-0 with Rams headlined by a red card to Sergio Ramos. <laughs> and Marseille were defeated 2-1 by a Jacquio at home. In Scotland, Celtic stayed top as they defeated St. Johnson 2-1 while Rangers beat surprise packets Samirin 4-0. The Australian A-League also kicked off over the weekend. John and Melbourne City defeated Western United 2-1. Brisbane and MacArthur drew 0-0. While Melbourne Victory defeated Sydney FC 3-2, an yeah. entertaining clash here in Sydney. Obviously headlined by the debut of Nani from Melbourne Victory. Central Coast and Newcastle was washed out due to the heavy rain here in New South Wales. While Wellington Adelaide drew 1-1 and Western Sydney defeated Perth 1-0. There was a couple of women's international friendlies also over the weekend, Jono, in England. Defeated USA 2-1 in a marquee game at Wembley in front of a huge crowd there. So the European champions coming up against the world champions. While Australia had a good confident boosting win over South Africa 4-1. Rugby League, Jono, and the Men's Rugby League World Cup kicks off this weekend as Australia take on Fiji in their first fixture. While host England take on Samoa and New Zealand take on Lebanon. A bit of interest in this Rugby League World Cup, John, and we've seen, obviously, a lot of players uh, moving towards different teams. They're not necessarily going with the Australian team. They're going with their uh, cultural teams. Samoa, Tonga, we know, have strong teams. So it should be an interesting World Cup in Australia, not guaranteed to win it. No, definitely. And I, I actually, I think as well, it also speaks to the culture in Australia as well. What What's kind of that shift as well to 
to make these players feel comfortable and the want to as well to put on that Australia jersey. So I think this could be a really eye-opening one for them. And you're right, not even necessarily a shoe in to win this. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they adjust to that moving forward because typically they're always in that kind of top ranks as well to, to be kind of a shoe in to at least get up there, if not win at all. I know there's been a debate around state of origin uh, representation and then obviously who they represent in terms of the countries. But in terms of the world game of rugby league, I think this is a really positive move. We're creating a more... Uh, competitive international game which is what rugby league wants and the other team is new zealand traveling there with a very strong team this year so australia will certainly have to be at their best to win it this year the afl women's continued over the weekend and round seven saw ladder leaders brisbane defeated north melbourne 33 to 26 well adelaide beat Fremantle 49 to 31 and melbourne were too good for the western bulldogs 22 to 6 brisbane stayed top followed by adelaide and melbourne while sydney stayed last as they remain winless Rugby in the Women's World Cup kicked off as well, and host New Zealand overpowered Australia in their opening group stage match 41-17, while England destroyed Fiji 84-19, and France defeated South Africa 40-5, so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that as that tournament progresses. V8 Supercars, John Owen was the famous Bathurst race, and we horrendous weather yeah. for practice on the Saturday, but thank Thankfully for the main race on Sunday, it was uh, blue skies up yep. there at Bathurst. And series leader and Red Bull racing driver Shane Van Gisbergen, along with his racing partner Garth Tander, won the historic race in what was the final race in a Holden Commodore. So a historic moment there. Uh, Mossett and Coulthard finished second, while Waters and Moffat finished third. Shane Van Gisbergen remains clear top in the Drivers' Championship, followed by Cameron Waters and Ant- Anton De Pasquale. F1 and the Japanese GP also saw some horrendous weather uh, there in Japan. You could barely see the track in front of you. Uh, but Red Bull driver Max Verstappen was crowned F1 champion after, after as I said, a rain-affected Japanese GP. Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez finished second after Ferrari's Charles Leclerc was relegated to third after a final corner incident where he pushed Perez off the track. But Jono, Max Verstappen, once he got in front this year, has just been dominant. Oh. There is no no debate about his dominance this year. And, you know, to be able to go back to back as well, I think is that just shows as well credit to him and what he's been able to do as an athlete. But yeah, this year in particular, just absolute dominance from him. I mean, from the start, there was there was no one even catching him. There's been no one close pretty much all year. He's pretty much had this wrapped up from the start. So credit to him. Um, but yeah, just an absolutely dominant, dominant year for Max Verstappen. Yeah, probably a little bit disappointing for the neutral fan uh, following F1, but yeah. uh, certainly the best driver has won it yet again. Cricket, John, in the three-match T20 series between Australia and England kicked off in Perth. And England won an entertaining clash, making 6 for 208. Alex Hales top scoring with 84. Australia replied with 9 for 200. David Warner top scoring with 73. This series now moves to Canberra with the next game on Wednesday night Australian time all leading up to obviously the T20 Cricket World Cup here in Australia and New Zealand. Basketball and the NBL, the Sydney Kings defeated the Melbourne United 91-71. The Tasmanian Jack Jumpers defeated the Brisbane Bullets 90-86. While the Perth Wildcats defeated the Illawarra Hawks 77-71. The Sydney Kings sit top, but they have played a game more than the Cairns, Taipans and Perth Wildcats. Baseball, Jono, and the Major League Baseball postseason is truly underway. And we saw some amazing uh, games already. Seattle Mariners recorded the second largest playoff comeback in history as they rallied from 8-1 down to defeat the Blue Jays and progressed and secured an, all, um, an American League Division Series spot against Houston. While the New York Mets have been eliminated as they were defeated by the San Diego Padres in their National League Wildcard Series 
2-1. So Jono, some amazing uh, series already, and it's obviously promising to get even better. Yeah, I mean, look, for the Mets as well, um, you really look at this as such a disappointing end of the year. Pretty much the whole year they were on top of the league there. Um, in the National League, and it's just so disappointing to then just slowly dwindle down to the point of being eliminated in the first round. That is, as a Mets fan, you'd just be heartbroken at this point. Um, but it just shows as well, as we say it time and time again, sometimes it's just about that form that you hit in the last bit. It's not about what you do all season. You can position yourself good, but you need to finish strong. And in this case, unfortunately, the Mets did not finish strong. Um, so it'll be only one New York team still remaining, and uh, let's hope the Yankees keep going further. Yeah, major disappointment for the Mets. It'll be very interesting, John, how they uh, use the offseason now to build yeah. into next season. NFL, John, it was week five and some big results. The Cowboys defeated the Rams 22-10. to The Eagles defeated your Cardinals 20-17 to to remain undefeated. Well, the Giants defeated the Packers 27-22. to And the Saints, the high-scoring win over the Seahawks. 39-32. to So as I said, the Eagles remain undefeated, while the Vikings and Bills also continued their strong starts to the year, sitting at 4-1. and one. But Jono, uh, what stood out for you in week five of the NFL? Yeah, look, I mean, I think Eagles being staying and remaining undefeated, I mean, yes, it came down to essentially missing a field goal, kind of tie everything up from the Cardinals. That's okay. But I think realistically as well as um, it's been quite impressive to see the Cowboys really just kind of drive and, and have some resurgence, as well as the Giants as well. I think it's huge for them. That whole division right now then is starting where their top three teams of the four in there are either 5-0 and or 4-1, and and I think that's incredible for a division there. So I think that's going to be kind of to keep an eye out is when they start matching up against each other again and again, um, who's going to be taking that next step? Who's going to remain that top team within that division? Because potentially we could see a title contender from there if they continue to play this level of play, one of those three teams, either the Eagles, Cowboys, or the Giants. Yeah, so they've been an exciting start to the NFL, and um, we'll certainly obviously keep an eye as that season progresses. Well, Jono, one of the biggest stories to come out of American sports uh, and world sport, I guess, uh, when you look at this story, was the disturbing National Women's Soccer League Investigative Report, which was released during the week. Um, this was a year-long Report, uh, which was put together uh, and looking at some of the details um, of sexual misconduct, verbal abuse, and sexual coercion by certain coaches in the, you know, obviously, as I said, in the National Women's Soccer League uh, in the USA uh, in years past. Um, before we go into a bit more detail, Jono, what did you make of of this obviously report landing and obviously some of the findings that have come out and and I guess the lack of um, in terms of some of the heads of those, or the heads of the National Women's Soccer League, in terms of uh, taking some of those complaints that, that were coming in by players and, and seemingly they were ignored. Yeah, just um, it's really sad to see that this was the, the culture that was instilled. Um, that is almost very much a, of dismissal, um, that they didn't necessarily take any sort of accusations seriously, that they just didn't want to really thoroughly investigate this. When... You know, you look at the whole situation, what was uncovered and everything. There was clear evidence there to, to at least put in a thorough investigation. It shouldn't just be something that's swept under the rug when certain accusations are made. So it's really disappointing to see that these were top people within the league. These were people as well that were really striving for the Women's Soccer League within within America to really, to really um, you know, be big, be a powerhouse in terms of the leagues. This is not how you do that. You know, this is it's, it's really disappointing. And, 
you know, maybe goes to the fact of, you know, that women's soccer from the 90s to now have gone about three different leagues to get to this point as well. So there's been turnover of leagues. Some have failed. Some have had short-term success. Some have ran out of money. So maybe it was this whole want to just make sure that by all means we continue this going. Let's not look at any of the problems that are happening. But then something like this happens then is when you try and sweep all these problems under the rug, eventually things are going to come out. And it just makes it so much worse now when you look back at the lack of policies, the, the lack of, a, of, of systems in place to be able to have these athletes speak up about the situations that they were. It's just disappointing on all levels um, and very disappointing from that top perspective of, of, of essentially the, the lack to do anything and the lack to listen to these individuals. Well, the amazing thing is those people in power seem to turn a complete blind eye to any complaints that were coming out of the league or of certain organisations and teams, Jono, and, and from obviously those individuals that were being impacted. The actual report was written by Sally Q. Yates, who was a former acting US Attorney General, um, and she was tapped by US Soccer uh, to investigate, obviously, these complaints and reports, um, as led by reports by The Athletic and The Washington Post. Um, and the report focused on three NWSL coaches in particular, Jono. Paul Riley, who was... Probably the first one uh, accused of, of some of these actions, followed by Rory Dames and Christy Holly. Do you think, obviously those years of, of abuse, do you think it just became a systematic uh, thing that happened through the league? And, and obviously, as this report states, it, it was something that started in the junior leagues and obviously worked its way up to, to the adult game. But, but reports of coaches um, being abusive... To, to younger players obviously led through to, to happening to these older players and, and as you said some American internationals there and, and these well regarded and well known coaches um, how did this how did this allow how did this be allowed to, to fester there and then obviously grow into what this report is sort of uh, stating yeah it's 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 essentially that's that's what you need to look at as a system as as a whole I mean you know, if you dive deeper into these reports in particular, as you point out, Paul, Paul Riley was probably the first in terms of at this level to really get brought up and a complaint brought up against him from Mane Shim, where she brought up a you know situation in which he essentially lured two of his teammates into, into his hotel room and basically asked them to kiss in front of them to get out of a uh, fitness test. And then from there as well, sending explicit images, inviting her to his room to watch film at night where he was just sitting there in his underwear and asking her to sit on his bed and just luring these these um, players into very, very uncomfortable situations that no one should, should be a part of. And this was a complaint that was brought up and this was a complaint that was filed. And again, it just got dismissed. Paul Riley, this was when he was coaching at the Portland Timbers as well and, and, and he, in Portland, and he did get essentially fired from there but no reason as to but why the other amazing thing out of the report was these coaches were then allowed to go and coach in another team so yeah. there was no background checks there was no consequences for what obviously had happened at, at their previous organization they were just able to move on to their next team and and, and obviously do uh, do the same behavior to to that lot of Emails. Well, and, and that's the thing. In the case of Paul, Paul Riley as well, this investigation came out that he actually got a recommendation to move on. So now we've just allowed this coach who's had an accusation already against him with no investigation be allowed to move on to another team. And then once you get to a certain point, you're just allowing this behavior to continue to happen. 
And that was one of the things that really got brought up from this is, you know, Mane Shim also went and, and sided with her teammate Alex Morgan to help in find these systems. We know Alex Morgan, one of the most prominent, yes. not only American soccer stars, but, but world soccer stars in terms of the female game. Yeah, and, and even with, let's say, the, the, the stature and the power that Alex Morgan could bring to this situation, they couldn't find any systems that were in place to be able to talk about these issues. They couldn't find an HR contact. They couldn't find anything under the NWSL, under US Soccer, to help to in this situation. And yeah, these to players protect against these players. those that abuse. And since then, 2015, when this all started, then you know more allegations come out. This report as well shows, you know, numbers of, of, of different situations that have occurred, and it just shows really that situation of the league just just not wanting to face the problems that were happening in front. And again, it could be from just the want of trying to have success because how many failures in the leagues there have been before. Yep. And then the sad part is, is of the players, these are players that will try and do anything to play. I mean, U.S. soccer, from, from a female perspective, really helped put both the male and female game on the map. Well, it's one of the rare countries where you'd probably say the female game has led the way at least matches the male yeah. game, if not, is slightly bigger than the male yeah. game. And, and that's the thing. And then these players, they want to play in their home country. They want to play. They want to grow. So almost as well, they they as well, like we're trying to do whatever they can. But at the same time, then they're, they're subject to this type of abuse. They're subject to these certain conditions as well, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, for, for the NWSL, you, you, this, is, this really needs to be looked at as to, what occurred, what systems now are going to be put into place to make sure this never happens again. If you want to be a serious league, there needs to be systems and places. There's a complete lack of regard for this and a lack of want to actually investigate what happened as well. And as you mentioned, people will come out and say, well, why didn't the individuals or players come out and say something? But they did try and they, they were ignored yeah. by yep. the system. And the other part of it is players feeling concerned that if they do say something, they're going to not be able to play. They're going to be dropped from their team and they're not earning big money. We're not yeah. talking about the male game where they're earning hundreds of thousands a week. Some of these girls are playing purely for the love of it and, yep. and as much as about 30000 a season, yep. not a week. Yep. So in regards to to their playing status, obviously that's going to come into their thinking where they say, if we do say something, are we going to then lose our place in this organisation, in this team and lose something that we actually love playing? So John Aji said... The lack of the lack of policies, the lack of uh, places these people could go or these females could go and feel safe about talking to these about these issues and actually have something done. There was obviously a, a lack of those mm. resources available to them, which is ridiculous. When no one, no one in any workplace should be able should be putting up with abuses such as what they had to put up with yeah and it, and you look back at all these situations that came out in this report as well and it's all this kind of tendency of essentially grooming as well yeah. you know of, of taking these young stars and saying hey you know what i can make you into the best i see this potential well you that's just what we're need saying to... normalizing as they were coming up the yep. normalizing of abuse Ed, exactly in the youth yep. stage of their development it was a normalized practice it, yep. was, it was almost like well that's just the way it's done. Yeah. And, and you have to deal with it. And that's where then the education piece needs to be brought on to see the warning signs of this sooner than later as well. To then, you know, make sure that we're, we're essentially dismissing of these people who are in the league that are doing these. Because it's, it's, it's too late then when something actually occurs. Because that's when the damage has been done. And right now in this situation, we see this report and we're trying to catch up on all the damage that has already occurred. Instead of taking the stance, preventing it before it happens. 
And yeah, it's just it's abs- and then the report you can read on and on about it at the multiple different allegations that are there. And essentially the, the evidence is there that they that the NWSL just completely turned a blind eye completely to everything. A complete Did not lack of accountability. Yeah, it's and and again it's just it it shows that you know what you, you can try and rush and put together these leagues but you you just you need to make sure time is put in there to make sure these systems protections, basic protections as well, are out there for your your players, your employees. You they are the the stars of the game. They're the ones who will make you a successful league or not. So how do you not have the systems in place to protect them in their everyday life? Well, U.S. star Megan Raponi, who we know is a, has been outspoken on on many issues, um, obviously reiterated as this report landed how tired and exhausted and angry that the players were and I guess how let down they should feel by the system that they're meant to be protected by because there was no real system to protect them which is just a complete farce and really needs to be looked at in terms of moving forward John I I know the fallout has begun in a little way league commissioner Lisa Baird resigned after only 19 months in the job Um, and obviously the report's coming out with uh, a lot of recommendations including abusive coaches not being allowed to move from team to team which seems quite uh, straightforward and, yep. and something that should definitely be there. Yep. Um, well, meaningful vetting of coaches and suspend license of those who commit misconduct um, and timely into investigations into complaints around abuse where they're not left for years and years and years where these players uh, feel like they've got nowhere to go. So, John, looking at the, the US game, and I guess the global game of football for women's, we've seen the amazing growth hmm. of women's football and how exciting we've got a World Cup here in Australia, New Zealand next year, which could break all records. Yep. But in terms of how much does something like this set the game back and does it also just paint a reality of how far the women's game still got to go before they truly can, um, yeah, obviously not be plagued by by issues such as this. Yeah, I mean, I, definitely. I mean, this definitely, for in particular for the WSL as well, this is a huge setback. Um, and it's, and it's especially when you've got the back. challenges of Europe all of a sudden yep. coming in and as you said the NWSL has had it's fallen apart and come back before and and now they've got a real challenge yep. out of Europe with a lot of the major European clubs starting to take some of the very best players and, and those clubs putting a lot of money into their female game well yeah it's just that it's how are you supposed to be one of the best most reputable leagues if you don't protect your players and it comes down to basic protection at this point is coming down to making sure these systems are in place to to protect the players. Um, and yeah, you, as, as you mentioned, some of the recommendations seem very just obvious. They should have been there. Why yeah, weren't they there? It's a very obvious thing. Um, so it's really sad that it's it's taking something like this mm. to really put this in place. But um, yeah, there's definitely, there's now in particular, I think for the US game as a whole, there's there's a lot of catch up from this. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely just painted a picture of looking at it internationally um, as you said, the women's game in the last, I would say, five or six years has just exponentially grown. And it's great to see that. But what also needs to be reviewed then is to make sure that all these leagues across the world have these pr- uh, protections in place. And not, it hasn't just been the U.S. We know something yeah. a similar report has come out in Australia. Yep. yep. Um, obviously, the, the European game will, will have to look at the way they have conducted it in the past and the way it's conducted now. So it's not just necessarily no, a no, U.S. Yep. problem. But I guess... What makes it such a big story is the U.S. has led women's yeah. football for so many years, and then they still are the current world champion. So many exciting players. They're going to come to Australia next yep. year as, as one of the hot favourites, if not the favourite, to win it again. Yep. So they're certainly still a leader in women's football. So for a report to come out this, as sad as it is, and, and it, it takes something like this to, to yep. wake some people up, 
it's important. But the people that were in charge at that time, they need to be held to, held to account. Yeah. They can't just get away with not having to help, not helping these individuals that needed help. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's, it's, it's sad that in the United States as well, um, it's almost been a, a common thread when you look at women's sport as a whole as the silence that we've put, you know, to, the, to our athletes. Um, and it's really sad because we saw this recently in the last couple of years as well with USA Gymnastics as well, the silence that happened there. And now we're seeing this as well right now happening, um, you know, with the NWSL and the silence that we put on our athletes. I don't understand the, the culture of silence. We need to definitely break that. We need to break that mold and make sure that you know we give everybody a voice and we continue to give them the platform to be able to speak speak openly and have those systems in place to feel that protection and feel that moving forward so well hopefully this report goes some way to doing that john and we don't see a repeat of this um as the as you said the nwsl now must build again from this and hopefully uh we'll see it back to where it needs to be and, and see not be talking about all these off-field dramas and actually talk about the positives on the field and, as I said, leading into next year's yep. World Cup. So we we'll certainly will keep a close eye. I don't think it's the last we've heard yep. uh, of this report. Just switching a little bit quick, quickly, Jono, to the men's game. And Qatar World Cup is fast approaching. We're, we're almost there. But an interesting uh, article came out last week saying Paris had become the latest city in France to announce they will not be holding any fan fests or large viewing screens in protest of the human rights abuses that we know have occurred and are still occurring in Qatar. Uh, they join fellow French cities uh, Lille, Marseille, Bordeaux, Strasbourg and Reims. What do you make of these actions, John, very quickly? And, and how significant do you think it is that, uh, or especially at the moment, France are taking a bit of a stand against boycotting uh, the usual fanfare that surrounds a World Cup? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's huge. And I think what's it, what it really does as well is it sh- sends a message to FIFA. I mean, it sends a message to say, hey, we un- we know that this bid for the World Cup from the start was basically full of corruption. And then we look at all the human rights issues as well that's gone on from the start of it too. And I think it's basically just acknowledging that fact and saying, we're not going to stand for this. We we won't support what has occurred. So I think it's really, it's a big statement to FIFA. And I'm, I, I really like the, st- the, the stance that they've taken in this. Um, I think it's fantastic. In particular, when you think about such a football-rich city as in, in particular Paris France as well. very well could France, win it again. France as a whole, but Paris as well. Yep. Um, I think it's a huge stance. And again, I just think it sends a really bold message to FIFA, which is fantastic to see. Yeah, I actually think I really applaud those cities for doing it. Because I think, as, as we've sort of discussed in the past, I don't think it's the right thing to not go. Mm. But I also think we is the duty of players, fans, uh, organizations to, to keep hammering home that Qatar's human rights record and the way they deal with, with certain issues is, is not right and they need to be held account to that. So I applaud Paris and, and the other cities for doing it and uh, it would be interesting to see if any other cities or countries follow uh, suit after that. Well, John, we'll end with five quick questions, a little bit of a lighter note as usual. I've got you this week. Let's do it. Let's go, mate. All right, number one, I didn't think I'd ever think I'd be asking this question this year, but will Liverpool... Finish in the top four. We were talking about title race at the beginning of the year. Will they finish in the top four now, John? I know it's still very early. Oh man, I mean they're they're still they're actually quite like far out of it at this point right now. So it is hard. Well, Fourteen points behind Arsenal. Um, quite amazing. Look, I'll still give them that they can squeeze into top four, but clearly they're not finishing the top two. They're now in a battle for three or four. What amazing! So I'll give them I'll give them a little bit of a squeeze because I think maybe some of those teams can maybe slip up. They'll hit a stride or something, but. 
Man, they've dug themselves a deep hole. I wouldn't be guaranteeing that. Yeah, we need to see if the World Cup break proves positive for them or, or negative. Ne- and yeah. also, if they do any uh, work in the summer trend in the uh, mid-season transfer window in January. Number two, Jono. Does Xavi see out the year as Barcelona manager if they, elim- if they are eliminated from the group stage of the Champions League? Oh, I mean, that's a tough one because I see him as someone who's just so rich in Barcelona mm. that I feel It'd like... It'd be a huge call. They, 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 they got to give him, and they've wanted him so badly. This is very different from when Pirlo took over in Juventus and all of a sudden, poof, Pirlo came out of nowhere. This is somebody that they've targeted. They've been chasing. So... I got to say that he's going to be given at least a little bit longer. He's, I think overall, no matter his success or failure, I think he's going to be given at least two to three years to see some stuff out. So, Yeah, looking at the long term, I think, yeah. Barcelona. Do you agree that the Buffalo Bills should be the current Super Bowl favorite ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs at the moment? Look, I'll give Bills one thing that, you know, they've, they've established themselves as a bit of a name. So I think there's definitely some credibility there. Um... I mean, I'd put him up as one of the contenders. Um, I don't know if I'd put him up as the current hot, hot favorite. Um, but again, we're very early days. Um, we'll have to see how the season can progress. But I will give him that now they've proven themselves, you know, back-to-back years in terms of being a force to be reckoned with. So I'll give him, they, they are a contender, maybe not the title contender. Okay. Number four, who makes the American League and National League Championship Series in the Major League Baseball postseason, Jono? Who do you think? Who are you going? Who are you going for? So I mean, I gotta go for. It's gonna be a good old fashioned top teams kind of duking it out. Got so it. It, they're just too good. There's a bit of a stretch above everyone else, I think, this year. So it's gonna have to be the Dodgers versus the Braves and the Houston Astros versus the Yankees moving on. So it's just would they be a couple of oh, cracking series? And it's as just because well. they've just been a league of their own no. this year. So so we'll go those days. and that would be a couple of cracking postseasons so we just see here how that progresses and lastly Jono will Erling Haaland score more than 50 goals this year he's already got 20 and we're into October oh. I mean look at the rate he is producing at you <laughs> gotta get say 60. yes yeah you have to say yes he's just I mean it's also look the credit to the team he's on right oh, now yeah. they are just able to just feed the him service he's getting and then he just, he just some of those goals are just Almost, I mean, he makes it look easy, tap-ins. But then some of them he does on his own as well, and they're incredible finishes. So you got to give it to him that he's taking every moment possible. So, yeah, I mean, he, I would say yes at this point. You can't say no right now at this current rate. So, yeah, he will he will definitely do that. No, he's in the perfect team yeah. in regards to getting goal-scoring chances. Well, that brings to the end of another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, thank you for your support, and good night.